Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I am Matilda Sturridge. When I was 20, I believed that you fell in love, got married, and lived happily ever after. When I was 21, I was pregnant. When I was 22, I was a single parent. This is a podcast about how your expectations of parenthood are often altered by the course of your life. This is Bringing Up Us. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bringing Up Us, the podcast. We are back after a two-week break. I thought that I'd take this moment to explain our breaks. Basically, this was going to be a six-episode series But after just getting such great feedback and just really enjoying it, I wanted to keep this thing rolling till the end of November. So it means that we're trying to get hold of as many parents as possible, which is proving to be hard because parents are very busy people. Um, This week, we've got such a great person and I've been so excited about having her on. It's Connie Huck, who most of you will know her as the longest running female Blue Peter presenter. She was on the show for 10 years and she was definitely my Blue Peter presenter. So this has been just, you know, my childhood dream, having Collie sat around my kitchen table talking. It's just been amazing. She is also a broadcaster and she's a writer and she's just written her first children's book called Cookie and the Most Annoying Boy in the World, which is so brilliant. And it's sort of, I I would guess sort of eight to 12 year olds is probably the age range that it's sort of based for. And it's just great and you should get it because anything this woman touches I know will turn to gold. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Connie, this is so exciting. Thank you so much for coming on the Thank podcast. Thank you for having me on the podcast. How are you on this I'm morning. good. I've just dropped the kids off at school. So that's good. I'm free until three o'clock or whatever it is. Does it go so fast? Oh my gosh. I can't believe they're both in school already. Are they? Is that a new... So that is a new... Well, my youngest is year one now. So oh I, reception gosh. was sort of... Yeah. I was in a haze of getting my brain back together. I don't think it's back together at all now. But How is it having I like both in school? Pretend. Um, I mean, you say, yeah, I have my freedom back, but between the hours of drop-off and pick-up isn't really long. It is you could just so short. I feel like, exactly, you clean up breakfast and then... Yeah, and then it's like... And then it's time oh, to sort of think about picking them up. Them. Yeah, Or exactly. thinking about what you're going to cook them for supper and being like, oh, God, I've got to get supper and then I've got to cook. It's, 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 it's a treadmill, but we love it. I think. Do they love school? Um, yeah, I mean, 
obviously because my youngest has only just gone into year one yeah so he's never had lessons before and sort of structured learning it's all been free play up yeah. until now so i think at first he was finding that adjustment a bit like <laughs> what's going on what do you mean i have to sit still at a desk and write or whatever but i think he's getting there oh good yeah okay touch so- wood Luckily, we this is a wooden table. I'll be touching yeah. lots of wood throughout this podcast. Touch it the whole time. Yes. We start every episode with asking mm-hmm. the question, did you have an expectation of the parent that you wanted to be? Did you even want to have children? I thought I'd be... I always wanted to have children. Yeah. I've always quite liked children. I kind of prefer them sometimes to grown-ups. Yeah. I think I'm a child at heart. I'm quite immature. Um, I'm. What I like about kids is that they're not cynical and jaded like us folk beyond our 20s they're just like you know which is why you've got these climate change campaigners and you know they're anything is possible they're not prejudiced they're not racist anything we put on them is the adults that they become but all kids all babies are born as a blank canvas yeah ready for whatever society tells them is the norm yeah so um that's what i like about kids i always thought i would have kids um i actually thought i'd have three i'm one of three and I was like, oh, you know, two is just what everyone has. If you have three, you're a dynasty. You know, it's kind of like... Y- y- um, Do you think of- that it's built into us that we all think that we're going to have the amount of children that we are, that we have in our own sort of... Because I'm no. one of three and I'm always like, well, three's obviously the number that we should all have. Weirdly, I know other people that are one of three that are like, three isn't good because there's always two that sort of gang up on the other one and there's always one that's left out. But I have met others. Are you the youngest? I'm the middle. You're I'm the, the middle, middle between right. two boys. So I feel ah. very great in my position because yeah, I always yeah, feel yeah. like the middle child is sometimes... Mm. Well, everyone kind of goes, oh, middle child. Yeah, middle child Because syndrome. I'm the middle child, but I'm also the only girl. Yeah. I, I bear win, win it all. Yeah. That's good. That's a good way to be. I mean, I was the youngest and my eldest sister's nine years older than me. And then my next one is three years older. So maybe it didn't have that same dynamic of people that feel like if you have three, there's always one left out. I mean, I love being one of three. And I know lots of people that do, but I know lots of people that don't. So I guess it just, it depends, doesn't it, on the spread and the age and the gender. And that's the thing. I remember when I had my own people were like, oh, you've got to do it quick because this year age gap isn't good and that, yeah. And I think there, there's no rules about that because everything is so personality driven. Yeah, so then I had two and I was like, I'm done. I would yeah. have maybe had, never say never, touch wood. No, I would have a third to have a girl. Uh, but then actually, I wouldn't know what to do with a girl now. See, I've got two boys. And I'm like, actually, I don't know if I want a girl for a third. But maybe I want a boy. So maybe I should have a third because I don't mind what I have. But then I feel like I'm out of nappy zone. Yeah. And, you know, you, I'm, you've I broken can sleep free. for eight hours again. It's, which is it's so suddenly, liberating. Yeah. I know. But it's I so feel like with the whole kind of age gap thing, people have so many opinions on that. I was recently so rudy's eight and we would really like to have more children but obviously you know rudy's grown up sort of a single child and he's now eight Mm. and whenever i'm sort of i was i was at like a beauty salon and someone was saying oh do you think you'll have more kids and this was like two years ago Mm. and i was like well you know i'd like to one day and she was like well if you don't do it in the next six months and you're going to really fuck up rudy because then the age gap will be so big that they'll be growing up in different generations and i I was like what with these theories it's so personality oriented it's just like no, 
so not true. People of the same age often don't get on. Exactly. People of all ages get on. You know, there's no rules. Yeah, and my, my, my brothers who are like, exactly, my brothers woman. who are seven years, I think there's seven years between them, mm. they're best friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm the one in the middle. She definitely nothing. not my, yeah. Does she have kids? No, probably not. Yeah, there you go. Just dishing it out, but she doesn't got nothing to go on. Oh, it's so beauty it's salon woman. Shame so on you telling someone not to have another <laughs> child when they don't know. Um, yeah, do what feels right, I guess. I'm even like, you know, I still, I'm knocking on a bit, but I still wouldn't say no, but I'm not actively trying. But yeah. Case or sarah, sorry, rather. Will be, <laughs> also, will be. it's interesting. I, I agree. Like, I can't imagine having anything other than a boy. Yeah. Because that's, that's what, what I know. That's yeah. what I have. And if everyone's like, oh, do you definitely, you must want a girl next. And I'm like, well, like, I don't mind what I have. But also, like, I love boys. And I know what, well, what a boy, like I, a girl yeah, is a bit scary. That's exactly how I feel. You know, I did think number two was going to be a girl. And did you find out the sex of your kids before? Yeah. Everyone's always like, do you want it to be a surprise? And I'm always like, well, it'll be a surprise if it's not a boy or a girl. But yeah. apart from that, it's 50-50. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's... I kind of maybe I'm too much of a control freak. I just thought, yeah, I want to know. I'm one of these people. You know, I actually sometimes will look at the end page of a book. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? No, I, I, I used to do that when I was younger. I, be admitting I that. used to read the end page of every single book when I was younger. But only if the book's like sort of meh. Slightly boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got married after nine months yeah, of being. Something like that. Which is my definitely preferred time to get married i think that when you're in love you should just get married straight away yeah took two years to convince ollie and i'm still furious <laughs> you still hold it um, against exactly. him like, every years. day like, well, you know you know yeah how long did it, how long did you take before getting married we i mean uh, so, so we rather. got t- lit- almost two years oh so you got day. engaged then so we got engaged no, but away. we're getting married in December oh, we married. Only, okay, but we only got engaged confused. in May and we're getting married in December I believe in Just very short engagement yeah so do I what's the point if you think you know why like with these people that have yeah we're having a two year yeah. engagement I'm like why in case someone else comes but along exactly. also, it's just like, I don't want to have two years of my life planning something it's just kind of like just like we can get everyone we love into a room in six months easily and let's just get like we're engaged to be married also i don't like like fiance terrible word Mm, not great did you know were you both like we're gonna have we're we're definitely gonna have children we might try was never a children kind of person really he obviously hadn't met the right woman yeah (laughs) um he just didn't see himself as having children um, but then I was very much like, mm, yeah, sorry, either we have children or I find someone else. Cause I knew I wanted children. Yeah. Um, and then, but then I guess he kept, I mean, I didn't force him into it, but, but you were I, like, I, I want to have very children. much want children. And then he was like, well, maybe. And then I think he could, because he sort of was then in a sort of relationship that he felt was a long termer. Then it felt like the right next step. We've got to ask him this. Should we ring him? Let's and ring him right him. now. Was, wait, was this discussion before you got married, though, about children? Or was this... It was like... Basically, I was knocking on. I mean, I say I was knocking on. I know, you keep saying that. You're so young. I'm young at heart, <laughs> man. Um, I was like, if... You know, I just didn't want to waste time going out with someone for some years and then it's actually like, oh, sorry, this isn't permanent. And then they have to go back to square one. I couldn't be bothered with the faffing yeah I'm sort of impatient and so I think yeah it was make or break really 
early on. Yeah. <laughs> early on. Yeah. Like, I literally met him and said... Do you want children? Yeah. Um, like, do you want to marry me? And yeah. do you want children? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm a psychopath. Um, can we just get on with this? Or are you out? Um, uh, so, but yeah, I guess, you know, sometimes you don't know what you want until sort of the right sort of precursors come along. Yeah. I think. Like, I always thought I wanted multiple children, three or more. And then I realized, no, two is right. Two's it's a okay lovely to number. change your mind. Yeah. She said until she finds out she's pregnant when she goes so, in. Oh, <laughs> three was the plan originally. Um, when, okay, so when you got married, was it quite quick to then go, okay, let's, let, let's do this. Let's, um, let's do this children thing. Uh, how long? I'd say, I mean, probably we, hang on. So, yeah, I mean, quick for most people we got married and then we had our first within two years because people say it's always good to just be married for a while before putting that pressure on yourselves because let's face it it's quite full-on having children um but yeah so we were married in 2010 and we had our first kid in 2012. so i guess That's we lovely. haven't had that long of just being us yeah. without children but it's so yeah because yeah. so that that's definitely another question when you were pregnant mm. and you both you know and you especially have had such an amazing career and a long career and I feel like you've just done so much when this yeah go on then. Oh, no, when, question, when, yeah. When, when you were pregnant were you kind of going okay I, I'm definitely going to carry on working and I'm going to carry on it sort of as I'm going or I'm I definitely thought I'm going to be able to do it all. I mean, I'm one of these people that there's always, so I always thought I'd live abroad for a while. And I was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll do that before uni. I'll take a year off. And then basically while I was at six women's school, I sort of fell into TV. Um, and I was going to be an engineer at the time. I wasn't, I was never thinking I'll go into telly. So I sort of then changed my path because I thought well I'll just have a career for this um career a degree for the sake of having a degree and then I'll live abroad after for a year I'll so I'll just get all that over and done with and then I ended up getting a job quite quickly after university so then I was like oh okay in well, tv in, in tv yeah because I'd already done tv because you went to Cambridge months. and you were doing economics at Cambridge yes but I was only go well I was going to be an engineer so I only did economics because I was like oh I've got I had science a levels I had physics chemistry maths and I was like oh I can't do I don't know drama at uni or I don't have the right a levels to do much other than sciences but weirdly you can do economics because it's a social science right so I did that and found it immensely boring just to sort of have a degree knowing that I wanted to go into telly at that point and then coming out of uni, I, because once you're in telly and you've got, it's a lot easier to, you know, get a job in telly once you've made that first leap. So I never did the living abroad thing. Um, and then obviously that job, you know, Blue Peter, because it, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I didn't end up leaving till 11 years later. So suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm in my 30s already, you know. So kind of like, I can't. So you were the longest running female, female yeah it, so that I is plan that I'm gonna do insane. it like this and then things just don't work out the way I planned it so when I was 
thinking, okay, I'm going to have kids. I was like, everybody has kids, you know, it's going to be easy. There's women in India that work in the fields with babies strapped to their back. There's people that live at the top of a high rise tower block with five kids. There's single mums that have triplets. You know, this is going to be easy. I can do it all. I've always, you know, in my sort of growing up years, I've often, you know, in our extended Asian family, there's always been like kids running around. I felt like, yeah, this will be fine. I got this. And I do remember, I did this show for Sky called King of the Nerds. And it's one of those where everyone lives in like, um, uh, they were all living in the sort of mansion thing. And you're in two teams, so you vote each other off. Um, oh like it's one of those like I don't know Apprentice or something where half of the filming is actuality so it's just people in a house you don't need a presenter right. and so I was like I can do this but I can't overnight it was filmed in Chelmsford because I've got a baby and literally I would leave the car would come at five and I would leave at five in the morning before the baby had woken up having expressed milk to get you know into makeup for six or whatever and be on set or you know and I was like nobody wakes up before the baby this is absurd and I would be willing for them to have so I would only need to be there for the filming of the group challenges like I say a lot of it is the people going for their treat oh you've won a day at the horses or whatever and you don't need the presenter for that and then people arguing over who's going to be voted off and so I'd be like, okay, I think that's a wrap. We've got that in the can. Because I knew if I got on the A406 um, or on the, you know, if I got on the road in this certain, you know, window, I could take an hour off my journey because I wouldn't hit rush hour. Yeah. And so I was just doing everything terribly. I was being a bad mum. I'd leave before the baby woke up, you know, having expressed this milk to shove in its mouth. And then I'd be sort of saying to the producing director, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, that's a wrap. Okay, everyone, bye. And trying to get back home. Because I'd sometimes sit there if I had to hit that rush hour thing and my boobs would be exploding with milk. And that yeah. is so painful. So it's horrible. Too, it's so horrible. I'd be dying in the back, like breaking out in a sweat, <laughs> you know, thinking, oh, Oh, I need to express milk. It's so painful. Um, and I was like, this is just terrible. I'm doing everything terribly. So then after that, I just thought, okay, I'm going to do Very things. Very traumatic experience. Can, it was, honestly, it was just awful. And I thought I could do it all. I'm invincible. I've been a that. You know, you do. And in your 20s, I think you do think you can. Um, I wasn't even in my 20s, but I just, you know, uh, I perpetually think I'm in my 20s. Actually, I still think I'm in my <laughs> 20s now. And people come up to me and go, oh, I grew up with you on Blue Peach. And I'm like, what? We're not the same age. And then I realize, no, I'm double their age. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm like, uh, I'm old. How depressing is that? <laughs> but, you know, I thought I could do it all. And so then after, I was like, no, something's got to give. So, uh, like, I had, you have to look for things that can fit in around mm. motherhood. And so I was sort of doing sort of Which corporates and voiceovers. Hard. and Yeah, and actually that's the one good thing about being freelance is you can kind of pick and choose, choose to some extent. But then there is the flip side of like your hours are so irregular. You can't get consistent. Even now, I'm quite a control freak. And so I want to do it all. Um, and I want to be there for drop-offs and pickups. But... Everything is so sporadic. You know, with other jobs, I know people that work for the civil service or whatever, and they're like, okay, I work two days a week so mm. I can get a nanny for three days a week or whatever. I don't want to get someone full-time because then yeah. I have to say that I'm full-time working. You know, you want to do it all, but then the hours of what I do are so sporadic, unless you get sort of agency people, but we didn't really want to have strangers in our house. So it's hard. I'm always trying to do stuff Was that between a nine and three. That you both made, we both like we, we we want to try and do this as much as we possibly well, can together yeah rather than getting help kind of so he's quite flexible as well so often if charlie's writing it will be at night does he write from home he he often will write from home yeah so which is good in that i can do a corporate in the evening and he can right. the kids will be asleep and he can be writing while they're sleeping so you know we are lucky in that that we can sort of pick and choose a bit and he's really hands-on he's not one of these dads that didn't change nappies and yeah. you know he's totally you know gets stuck in yeah and you know any mum that's at the school gates will tell you that you know nine times out of ten it will be either me or charlie doing a drop-off or a pickup that's so um, nice. which is nice but then yeah you have something has to give um, which is why podcasts are good and like voiceovers are good and writing a book is good. So the book thing is perfect because I can pick my own hours of when to write. Did you, so Connie's just written a children's mm-hmm. book. I have, I've written a book for eight to 12 year olds. Oh look, and this is the book publicist that's ringing now. Shall I answer it and go, I'm doing a podcast to promote our yeah. book. <laughs> Don't call me. I'm doing a podcast to promote <laughs> our book. For pink protest um, people. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you're live on air. But shall I ring you back? <laughs> this is your shout out. Okay. No, I'm going to ring you straight back. But I'm, you see, that's reminded me that I'm now going to plug the book. See how professional <laughs> I am. Because I haven't mentioned it until now. Um, so that's what I'll do. And I'll ring you back. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah. Bye. See, this is good. See? We're so laissez-faire. We answer the door to Tammy. I answer it's the all, phone. It's all, it's just a, real, so... just a real real, day, isn't it? Yeah, this is a real day. And that's how mums have to do everything. It's so true. As a real we day. We are superheroes. We've got to just like fit it all in and make it all work. Also, I feel like we have to fit it in in such a short amount of time. Yeah, like, totally. I, I have definitely chosen to, to be that person that does pick up and drop-offs and I think it started with such a guilt thing of me being like I'm the only parent 
who does it therefore I have to be there at every single one I cannot miss one otherwise I'm a terrible mum and now it's just like built in me like that's th- that's just my choice I want to be there for all of those moments yeah I mean it does go fast doesn't it it goes so quickly and then your day is then from pickup to the time they go to bed is then consumed by kind of homework or clubs or you know what are they doing what are they feeding and washing them and then the day sort of and then it's sort of eight o'clock and you're like that's the end of the day now so I'm gonna have supper and that's you know I'm that's I'm done but I mean that's the thing because there's so much to do the days just go like that you know in the blink of an eye and weirdly you know actually um Honey, who's the producer's mum, I remember saying really uh, years and years ago, you're like my blueprint. Because actually, we forget that now mm. there, there comes a time, because we're in that bit where they're still in primary school, yeah. you forget that all too quickly there's a time where the kids are kind of self-sufficient and you can go back to it. Yeah. And actually, in today's society, you're still young enough you know, to, yeah, to keep, to, go to have the career, yeah. you know, and actually I think times have changed in the, in our parents' generation. I don't think you could do that. It was like, you have to choose either career first, then kids mm. or kids and then career first, uh, career second rather. Yeah. But now you actually have that sort of thing because of, you know, things like equality, you know, living longer, people don't sort of, I mean, I, I say equality. There's still a lot for the feminist movement yeah. to get to do, but things are getting a bit better that there is a things bit are more shifting. opportunity. Yeah. I'm not saying it's great there, yeah. because there's more work to be done. But in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to get this time back. So there will come a time when the kids are embarrassed of me. You know, at the moment we're in this thing where we wipe up every bit of vomit and you, I don't know, wiping their yeah. asses and or whatever. And we're there, we're there for everything. We're You're right. there for everything. And, and it's the most ungratifying thing because there will come a time when they're like, oh, mum, you're embarrassing me. Mum, you know, can you not drop me off at the school gates or whatever? So we will get that bit where they're like, back off yeah. a bit. And they start to go to school on their own and they yeah. start to go to friends house and they start to have sleepovers and you have that more freedom. But also people, I guess, are finding their career now. Lots of people have started to find their career late, later in life, and that's uh, And also, okay. I think people are waking up to the fact that we don't have to be so competitive in society because well-being is yeah. much more important, and happiness and wanting more, the two are not compatible if you keep wanting more and more and more because you end up just competing with the world. So people used to think, I think, that happiness comes from having more money, having more followers on Twitter, having more likes, having more power, having more properties, having more possessions, having more fashionable clothes, you know, and you want to just have more and more and more and be the it person. Mm. And actually, the, the, the flip side of that is unhappiness because you're never there's always going to be more people Mm. Uh, there's always going to be people that have more than you and even if you are at the top there's only one way to go down Mm. and so that's you know bred this sort of generation of like people that feel inadequate inferior social anxiety because we're just competing with all these pretty pictures on instagram and all this stuff and actually i think now especially you know it works really well with mumming that realizing sort of actually the true happiness comes from you know having really good friends and having a laugh with people and realizing that actually you know it's nice to have both but you can't have it all you know and a bit of everything is actually good but no one can have it all and I find it so 
bemusing how people still put all that pressure on themselves yeah. to have it all. But, but yeah, it's, a, it's just it's an impossible thing. There is, it's not possible to have it all. You hit it on the head in that society. We put these targets. We put this pressure on ourselves. Like, oh, I must have the show home and I must have the, uh, you know, immaculate clothing and I must have the perfect looks and I must have the this and that. But this is only something that's been imposed on us by ourselves and then we're only disappointed if we can't reach that and that's what I'm saying about kids are a blank canvas because they don't impose these targets mm. on themselves until we as a society impose it on them on them and then yeah. yeah and then everyone feels like you know oh I must have this I must have that when really you need very little to be happy you know because actually they have this thing in Sweden you know lag on which is just the right amount because you don't need all these material goods um, to define your happiness. You just need good friends, good family. You need to have a laugh and affairs of the heart, mm. you know. And the other stuff, don't get me wrong, it can help. But you don't need that much of it. But that doesn't give you true happiness. I know, true happiness. Let's talk about your book. We have to put oh, in yes. your book. Oh we, can't, yes. we can't have I your publicist call us and then uh, not okay. talk about the book. Well, the book is all kind of tied up into that. So it is a really funny romp. It's like Bridget Jones meets Wimpy Kid. It's about this girl that sort of always felt like a bit of an outsider um so and then her best friend in the whole wide world joins the school and they're like partners in crime they do everything together they have the same humor and suddenly everything is good she feels like she fits in and then this best friend's dad has been offered a contract in sully hull so she thinks oh no she's moving away and this other boy moves into town he gets sat, sat next to her at school and is a bit of a competitor so this is the thing of like sort of competing he's kind of bright and clever and smart and funny and I think she finds that quite threatening plus she's a bit depressed at the fact that her best friend is moving away so it's sort of navigating all these things and um she sees the absurd in everyday life, which is where the humour comes from. And she's actually quite a practical, sort of... She's quite a science... She likes knowledge, you know. Her and her best friend, like, make these lists of sort of long, funny words. Like, I don't know, troglodyte, which is a cave dweller, and defe <laughs> to defenestrate, which is to throw out of the window, and so on and so forth. And so the whole message is that sort of knowledge is cool... And sort of, you know, there's this character called Susie. He's got the Instagram site, but actually she's a bit naff. And it's sort of trying to flip reverse stereotypes and also sort of embrace themes of inclusivity, diversity. So everyone is from sort of different backgrounds and walks of life. And actually we realise that everyone in society is a minority and we all make up this amazing majority. And there's always situations in which you feel a bit other. Um, but that's brilliant because a new pair of eyes or someone from a different you know, walk of life can shed new light on a situation or enhance something and enrich it and make it better. And that's kind of, so it's kind of stealth learning. There's a lot of, because she's into science, there's a lot of sort of stealth science and stealth education and stealth woke in the book, but it's disguised so kids don't feel like they're being educated. It's just a really funny, witty romp. Has so, it always been in you? As in, did, was this book, did you go, I want to write this book because A, I want to get this story out there, but also I want to do something that I can do well, when my kids are at school and yeah my kids you know my seven-year-old is really into the wimpy kids books and I was reading him the first wimpy kid book and it's sort of like the fit girls in high school and this and that and it's really you know they're funny and they're well written and I was like wouldn't it be brilliant to have a funny well written clever, clever book instead yeah. of dumbing down can we just sort of clever up a bit um because actually especially with science you know it's this thing that kids are introduced to in secondary school 
Uh, and because they've never had any sort of taste of it, it's a bit like an alien thing. And I think the earlier kids are introduced to stuff. It doesn't matter whether it 100% sinks in. If it's in their consciousness and if it's in their sort of stream of thought, they're going to get to grips with it earlier on. You know, so I'm always like, and even on Blue Peter, I was always like, I'm not going to talk down to kids. I'd like to use the same vocabulary that I'd use to adults. And if one kid learns it, it's a plus. But I think lots will. for that, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my actually, yeah, bragging parent, but actually, you know, my teacher was saying, you know, Kobe, who's our seven-year-old, has got an amazing vocabulary. And I think, well, that's... Because I don't really talk down, neither of us talk down to him. And it's kind of cool to have a good vocabulary. It's so cool. And also to be articulate at a young age is such an amazing thing. Rudy, who's been sort of, you know, grown up around all of my friends. Yes. The way that he speaks is so incredible. And he's so kind of knowledgeable and open and has yeah, an amazing yeah, vocabulary. Yeah. And it's like the nicest thing to hear a child yes. kind of to have a conversation i love the fact that i can have a conversation and talk to him about anything and yeah he'll, and he'll be interesting and want to talk talk yeah. about it and also ask questions that sometimes grown-ups don't even bother to think about that make you think they're just like inquisitive aren't they they're so inquisitive and i'm um, so terrible you know, at as answering adults questions. we are so ingrained aren't we that we just go with the straight status quo and in your primary years you're shaping and forming in your 20s you're done in your 30s you need therapy you know to undo all these sort of pathways, or even in your 20s, you know, you're mapped out as a person. And that's the thing. If we're going to get, I don't know, a good, uh, you know, basis for sort of doing something about climate awareness or doing something about inclusivity and diversity, if it's second nature to kids to like, you know, put that in recycling or to, you know, think that, Anybody can do anything, not just sort of, you know, a male, white, middle-aged person. Anyone can, you know, if we preach these values or we show kids a society in which that is what is happening. I remember when I was um, really young and I heard a woman's voice on the radio and thinking, huh, women are on the radio too. Whereas young kids now wouldn't ever think that because there's enough women that hopefully you don't think that's a career path I can't take in life. Do you see what I mean? No, exactly. And also teaching kids that nothing is impossible, that we should always strive to be better and we should always better ourselves and better the world. And it's so, it's so important. And it is, it's our responsibility to, to get them there and guide yeah, them there. totally. It's our, it's like the two factors that can make a better place, really. So our kids, they're, wherever they go, they'll be the future of tomorrow. So they could be, I don't know, the leader of UKIP, they might be, or the president of a FTSE 100 company, or they could be, you know, this amazing climate change person, or they could be, you know, the leader of the USA. Wherever they go, if they've got good values... Mm. And if they've got good morals that are put, instilled within them that reach their core in those primary years, they'll make the world a better place. You know, infiltrate from within. They, they won't increase fat cat salaries. They'll give back to the workers or they won't go offshore with their taxes. You know, they will help sort of redistribute yeah. sort of the income or the unfairness, the inequality in society. And the only way you can do that is through kids because adults are beyond help. And we all sort of want to help ourselves. And we think that comes through, um, you know, sort of more possessions, more things, more money. But actually, ha- happiness comes, I think, from helping each other, not helping yourself, yeah. really. And, you know, any philosopher or philanthropist or deep thinker would agree. But it's just, it's very hard to recondition grown-ups. 
Because we're in a society where we want to just keep up. You know, yeah. if you're born into a society where someone is, you know, where everyone has not very much, then you're quite content with not very much. If you're born into a society so, so where true. you're seeing yeah, people so true. that go around with more and more things, you you'll just want more and more things because you only want to fit in. Everyone wants to fit in. Oh, Connie, I literally want to talk to you and nibble your ear. But no, that sounds really weird. <laughs> I'm sort of feeling like I've gone to talk to you and, and like... nibble your ear. But we, okay, we, there is one more question because yes. we end each podcast yes. with asking the question. If you, I also never get this question right and mm. I always say it in a really weird way. If there is one bit of advice like that weird. you would give mm. your non-parent, maybe I should say your pre-parent self, mm. that, that honey's just giving me a thumbs up. She's like, you did it. You did, it's the first time you've done it. <laughs> your pre-parent self, what would it be? My pre-parent self, it would be that just don't set yourself such high standards because if you set yourself really high standards and don't achieve them, there's only disappointment, you know, little steps, a bit at a time. And actually, you know, you can be very happy uh, without having these unattainable goals. That is a really good bit of advice. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been really good fun. Any time, come again. I will. All right. Okay, bye guys. You have been listening to Bringing Up Us, a podcast hosted by me, Matilda Sturridge, and produced by The Pink Protest. You can follow me on Instagram at Matilda Sturridge. If you have liked this podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.